Mark chapter 4, verse number 35 says, In the same day when it was the even, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. I'd like to know what happened to those other little ships. That has nothing to do with my message today, Brother Tex, but I would like to know what happened to them. Because there started out one boat that had Jesus on it. And we never hear anything else about the other ships that didn't have Jesus. I want to make sure Jesus is on my boat. There arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. I want you to get that picture. The waves were coming over the sides of that boat in such a way that the boat was full of water. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? All Jesus had to do was stand up on the bow of that boat and say, Peace be still. And it totally changed the circumstance that was going on in their lives. I want to talk to you for a little while this morning, and I do believe that it will just be for a little while, but I I feel like uh, somebody needs to hear that Jesus is the peace speaker. Let's pray. Father, I love you so much. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your love. I thank you so much for an opportunity that we have to be in your presence. I ask you today, great King, that you will anoint me to speak only what you once spoken, nothing more and nothing less, and help us to hear what the Spirit would say to us today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. And you can be seated. Thank you for standing. There are different kinds of storms. In fact, I guess we are in the tail end of one that has absolutely ravaged uh, Florida and parts of South Carolina. Uh, There are different kinds of storms. There are hurricanes. There are even different classifications of hurricanes, one, two, three, four, and uh, even level five hurricanes. There are tornadoes. There are lightning storms. There are snow storms and uh, a little chill in the air, Brother Ben. I don't know how you feel about it. I, I look forward to snowstorms. I kind of like them. Uh, <clears throat> Brother Pat does not like snow whatsoever. Uh, he, he may retire to Florida someday. But, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what my granddad told me, Brother Pat, and that was, he said, you can't shovel that water. There's snowstorms and there are dust storms and wind storms and derechos and uh, there are sandstorms and there's all kinds of storms that we can get ourselves into or that, that, that just come up as a part of life. Uh, 
but the storm that I want to talk about today is we can be, yes, we can be attacked by storms on the outside, but I believe that the enemy of our soul really wants a storm on the inside. Uh, a storm and chaos of thought going on in our mind. Daniel chapter 7 and verse number 25 says that he, this is talking about uh, the, the, the spirit of the Antichrist in the end time. It says that he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. That word wear out, it literally means to be grieved or worn out, and it specifically, you can check me out, you can look this up in your Strong's Concordance, it specifically refers to in a mental way, or to wear out the minds of the saints of the Most High. Uh, we must be on alert, and some of y'all don't need to be on alert because you already feel it, that there is an attack, an all-out attack in this hour on the minds of the saints of God. The enemy wants to wear you out with worry. He wants to wear you out by scattering your thoughts. He wants to wear you out by getting your attention on other things. He wants to wear you out. But I've come to tell you today that we serve a peace speaker. I, I want you to understand today that your peace cannot come from a counselor except for the counselor. Your peace cannot come from a saint of God that loves you. Your peace cannot come from medication or illegal medication. Your peace is going to come because there is a man named Jesus. For unto us a child is given, and unto us a son is born, and his, the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. But the culmination and the greatest title that he's going to have is he's the Prince of Peace. Oh, I wish somebody would stand to your feet right now, throw your hands in the air, and proclaim Jesus, I need you to reign. I need your peace to reign in my life. God, I need your peace. Oh, I want you to understand today that He is the ultimate source of peace. For the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink. In other words, if you came to God because you were expecting to prosper financially or physically, uh, you're barking up the wrong tree. The kingdom of God is not in meat or drink, but it is in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Part of the package deal when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost is you are supposed to be endued not just with power from on high, but with peace from on high. We need the peace of God. The enemy wants to mess you up by stealing your peace. Jesus said the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Another place he said in this world you will have tribulation. But I give you my peace. I wish somebody would say I need his peace. It's a gift to the church of the living God. The peace of God. Somebody shout amen to that. 
Uh, and so I, I, I told you I wasn't going to preach long, and I, I intend to keep that promise, Lord willing. Uh, but but I, I want to go back to this story in the, in, in the book of Mark. There are multiple storms that the disciples end up in the middle of. There's uh, this one. There is at least one other one where uh, Jesus was not in the boat with them. Uh, and they see Jesus coming, walking across the water. And you know the story that Peter says, Hey, Lord, if it's you, uh, uh, let me come out there to where you are. Uh, because he understood if you're going to be in a storm, you're better off to be with Jesus rather than just in a boat with your buddies. And so if you, if you, uh, if you need comfort in the middle of a storm, sure, fellowship with some good godly folks. Please don't try to find comfort from people that are going to give you ungodly counsel. But the best place you can find comfort in the middle of a storm is Jesus if that's you. I I want to I, I love my brothers I love them I, and, and, and I, but it's, it's a whole lot better to be in the middle of the storm with your hand in the hand of the man the master of Galilee and so uh, there's that story of a storm and uh, there there is there is this story that happens very early in the Gospels it's it's here in Mark chapter number four and. Uh, uh, Jesus is on the boat with them and I've wondered is this what's the source of the storm there's all kinds of questions that we could address here but uh, the storm comes whatever the source and whatever the the cause the storm comes and it's always just a a, kind of a, a comical picture to me because it is a massive storm these trained Men that, that are familiar with being out on this lake. And, uh, and so, so the water is coming over the edge of the boat. And, and you can just imagine. Somebody give me a word here. What are these 12 men doing? What are they busy with? They are bailing some water. I mean, they are. And, and you know, Ben, I, I don't know if, if they're relaxing or talking trash to one another. You know, like, are you going to help at all? Or, you know, my, do I got to bail this thing out by myself? You can imagine what's going on. But they are desperately bailing water because they are in a, in a fight for their lives. And in the middle of all this mess, these 12 men just concerned that they're going to die. Here's Jesus back here in the back of the boat. And uh, he's snoozing. In the middle of my mess, in the middle of my trial, in the middle of my storm, here's Jesus in the middle of the chaos. He is asleep. That tells me something. It lets me know that the things that concern us don't concern Jesus. The things that stress us out, He's not stressed out about. The things that we lose sleep over, He's not losing sleep over. And so... Here they are, they're, they're, they're doing everything that they can, but Jesus isn't worried about it. And uh, I, I, want, I want everybody, I, I want to minister to somebody today who, who, who is, who's dealing with chaos of mind. But I want you to see the perspective, I want you to get this perspective. And that is that, the, that after the boat got to its destination, Jesus was going to minister to a demon-possessed man at Gadara. The storm was between the disciples and ministry. 
The storm was between the disciples and somebody who desperately needed Jesus. What I want you to understand today is that we can't allow the storm to distract us from our purpose. Let let me just tell you how, how I feel today. And that is this, that God has chosen you for a purpose. God has called you for a purpose. God has has desires for you to accomplish in your life. We can't come here every Sunday and every Wednesday just for the Lord to try to prop us up so we can make it to the next service. What we need to do is be strengthened by the Word of God so that God can give us the strength and direction and go do what He has called us to. There's a lost humanity. There's lost mankind in this community and the enemy would like nothing better than to put a storm inside your mind so that your mind is so scattered that you can't focus on what God wants you to do with your life. The storm was between them and that demon-possessed man. If we're not careful, we will get so distracted by the affairs and cares of this life that we, are, that we veer off of course from what God has called us, the needs to read, that God has called us to meet. So that's, that's two things that I get out of this story. But the third thing that I get out of this story is, now, y'all, it, it's just comical to me. Jesus is asleep back there, Sister Ella. Now, he was God in the flesh. Did he not know, Brother Dennis, that there was a storm? Did he not know this boat's about to sink? Don't think for a moment that the Creator of heaven and earth, robed in flesh back there, didn't know what was going on. Because while in his flesh he slept, he that watches over Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. So he was, as God, the omnipresent God, robed in flesh right there. He knew everything that was going on. The disciples did not have a revelation yet, Sister Karen, of who was asleep on the boat. And so after they've bailed and bailed and bailed and bailed, they finally say, hey, you know, we need somebody else. This is what I think they thought, Brother Tim, is they thought, we need somebody else with a bucket. I don't think they knew what he was capable of doing. Because at the end of the story, we just read it, they said, what manner of man is this? They didn't know who was asleep on their boat. And so, Parker, they, hey, you know, we, he's, he's the master, we have great respect for him, he's the rabbi, he's been doing miracles, and if he's sleepy, you know, we're going to let him sleep. But it's getting desperate now. And so now I'm, I'm desperate and, and we got to go, somebody's got to, I preached a message a few years ago, it was entitled, Who's Going to Wake Up Jesus? Because sometimes Jesus is just waiting for us to get desperate enough to say, God, I've bailed all that I can bail. I've rowed all that I can row. I've trimmed the sails. I've done everything that I know how to do. Somebody needs to get desperate enough to say, Jesus, I need you to wake up in my situation because the maker of the wind and the seas, the creator of heaven and earth is asleep on your boat. Somebody's got to wake up, Jesus. Oh, it's our problem, Brother Pat, is we bail. 
Wish I had a bucket here. We bail. We paddle. We try to figure it out. It's going to be okay. All this time, the peace speaker is waiting for somebody to say, Help! In one place it says, uh, Why are you so fearful? And if you, you, you read it, parse it out, there, he says something about, Why are you so afraid? Why are you so fearful? And it's two different words. One of the words just means timid. And I think what he was saying was, Why were you so scared to wake me up? Why were you so reluctant to call on me? Why, why, why didn't you ask me sooner? If they had not woke up Jesus, Sister Rachel, I am completely convinced their boat would have sunk. One time they got so desperate. They said, Jesus, don't you care that we perish? Where's your oar? Where's your bucket? Jesus, I mean, it's, we're in desperate times now. We've been trying to carry you here. But, but now, Jesus, don't you care that we perish? And He did something they absolutely did not expect. He stood up and spoke a word. And I believe with everything in me, Jesus has come here today to speak a word to somebody. Just... Psalm 107, verse 23, They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. For He commandeth and raiseth the stormy winds which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to heaven. They go down to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and staggered like drunken man. And they are at their wit's end. Let me show you what happens at a place called wit's end. Next verse. Exhausted all their human ability. When they, when they don't have any other options. Then, let's not be that dumb. Let's be frank here. Let's not be that dumb. Let's not wait until there's nothing else I might as well now cry unto the Lord. Have you ever seen this stupid bumper sticker that says, Jesus is my co-pilot? If Jesus is your co-pilot, you in the wrong seat. That dumb song, Jesus take the wheel, it ought to say, take the wheel back. Because I shouldn't have had it in the first place. I'm sorry, I just insulted all y'all music fans. <laughs> it'll mess you up. You'll be on your way to work tomorrow singing that song like, ah. <laughs> if Jesus has to take the wheel, you are in the wrong place anyway. Jesus, I want you to drive and I don't want to have to wait until I am in a desperate situation. But if I am in a desperate situation, if we cry unto the Lord in our trouble, He will bring us out of our distresses. And then I want you to see this. I, I got a revelation here today. He make You got the next verse? Whoever's up there? We say this sometimes. 
that Jesus can calm the storm. I've probably said that. I, Brother Brad, I might have said that today. I, I might say it before the end of the service if I haven't said it already, that Jesus can calm the storm. But you cannot find that phrase or anything like it in the Bible. It says, He maketh the storm a calm. It's not a storm that's been calmed. It's a whole new thing. Like, we, we talk about Hurricane Ian. It was a storm that hit the coast of Florida. I want a calm to hit the, the coast of Glen Ferris. It's a thing. It's not a description of something. It's a thing. Jesus made a calm. I don't know. That must not do for you what it does for me. But He can create. He makes the storm disappear and create something new. He makes a calm in my life. And how does He do it? He does it because He speaks it into existence. Man, I, I told you, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, but I've got to give you another verse or two. Uh, you know, there's a price that was paid for our peace. It says the chastisement of our peace was upon Him. He already paid for our peace on the cross. And uh, uh, the peace of God, i got to tell you, the peace of God will keep your hearts and minds. It's not our job to produce peace. I can't will myself. I don't want to get on another message. It's, it's one of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. You can't will yourself to peace. I'm going to have peace. Like I'm going to try really hard. I'm going to have peace today. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Anybody have apple trees in your yard? Anybody have apple trees? We got, we, got, we got apple trees? Nobody on this side of the room has any apple trees. Peach tree. You got a peach tree? Okay, you got a peach tree. And, and those things produce peaches in the spring and, and, and summer? Huh? Some years? Okay. All right, on those years that your, your peach tree is producing peaches, the fruit, do you ever wake up in the middle of the night hearing those peach trees groan producing fruit? Like they're out there working really hard. Making peaches. No. It just comes as a natural result of them being planted, rooted, and having the right conditions. Rain and nutrients. We can't produce love, we can't produce joy, we can't produce long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, and we can't produce peace because it's a fruit of being grounded in God, be, receiving the rain from heaven, being, be, having nutrients come to us through the Word of God, and peace will come if we're connected with the source. It's not about willpower. In fact, if we're rowing and bailing and doing everything that we can in ourselves to make it through, we are totally missing the gift of God. He said, casting your care upon me because I care for you. 
I'm going to... And I need all kinds of props here today. I should, have become, I should have come more prepared. I need a bucket and I need something to carry. Because we are, we are walking through life carrying our cares, our worries, our storm and our chaos. And we'll be strong enough to get through it. And Jesus all the time is saying, cast your care on me. You're not supposed to carry that. Does that mean that you'll never go through circumstances? that are potentially stressful? Absolutely not. You will. You are promised to go through situations that are stressful, potentially stressful. In this life, you will have tribulation. But I give you my peace. All right, I got it. I got it. Let me give you one more verse here. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Because there's an external and an internal. And the Word of God promises me that no matter what happens on the outside, I can have peace on the inside. If I have been guilty in the past of preaching to you that if you come to God, all your worries are over with, all your problems will be dispensed with, uh, you, you, you all, all, everything will be taken care of, I apologize for selling you a false bill of goods. Because life still happens and life is still hard. My gospel to you today is life is hard, but it's a whole lot harder without Jesus. Life is hard, but it's a whole lot harder without Him holding your hand. The storm is difficult, but it's a whole lot worse if He's not on your boat. And it's a whole lot worse if He's sleeping on your boat. But if you'll arise and say, Jesus, we need you. There's a God that lives in you that can speak peace into your situation. Acts 27 and verse number 23, uh, quickly here for, uh, this is the Apostle Paul. He is in the middle of the Eurachlodon, the storm of the century. Maybe the storm of the millennium, at least it's the storm of the book of Acts. And it says, uh, they're in the middle of this storm. Paul stands up and he says, there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, fear not, Paul. For thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. I'm going to pause there for just a second. The angel said to Paul, in the middle of this storm, everybody thought they were going to die. Go back and read uh, Acts chapter 27. Everybody on the boat thought they were going to die. But the angel came to Paul and said, don't worry about it, Paul. God's got a destination for you. God's got a purpose for you. God's got a plan for you. This storm isn't going to take you out. You're going to go and appear before Caesar. Don't you worry, Paul, because God has a plan for you. I want to tell somebody today, you may feel like you're in the middle of a storm, but God has a plan for you. And the storm is not going to take you out if you obey the next verse. 
where Paul stands up, Brother Josh, and why don't we all stand together? Paul stands up and says, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. I wish we'd say that together, can we? I believe God. Why don't you say it, just put a little bit of emphasis in it. I believe God. I believe God. He is not going to let me be destroyed in this mess. I believe God. The wind may keep swirling. I want to talk to somebody right now. The wind may keep swirling. The situation may not change. But if you've got a word from the peace speaker and you say, I believe God. Let me tell you what we can believe. I believe He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I believe He said, I will never leave you or forsake you, but I'll be with you always even unto the end of the world. I believe God that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I believe God that he that keepeth if I fix my mind on him he's going to keep me in perfect peace I believe God and so my only appeal to you today is who is desperate enough to wake up Jesus will you close your eyes right now with your eyes closed I, I, I want I want you to just hear this Job in the middle of a mess and, and, and Job has lost everything and if there ever was somebody in a storm both inside and outside it was Job and, and Job said even today is my complaint bitter my stroke is heavier than my groaning oh that I might find him that I might come even to his seat I would order my cause before him. I wouldn't fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. Would Then he asked this question, Will he plead against me with his great power? And Job answers his own question and says, No, he would put strength in me. And I believe that the peace speaker wants to speak peace into your life. And He wants to put strength in you right now. I'm going to invite everybody that would to come to the front right now. Everybody that is willing to come to the front. I just want this to be a general gathering in the front of this church. There's folks that you've already made it through the storm and you know that He's faithful. There's folks here that your storm is on the horizon, you just can't see it yet. And there's folks here that you are right smack dab in the middle of a storm in your mind and in your life. But I serve a God that's able to speak peace. We'll give folks time to come to the front. There's still folks matriculating to the front here. But as you come, why don't you find somebody to link up with? Look at that, Brother Justin already found somebody to link up with. You're doing good right there, my brother you find somebody right now and begin to the Bible says Peter wrote he said for us to seek peace and ensue it that means to pursue it God I need your peace once you begin to pray that right now for yourself God I need your peace I desire your peace